This is episode 83 with me, Brett Robbo. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Now, before I dive into this one, I just want to let you know that I've created a Facebook group for the podcast. You can find it at Your Life of Impact Podcast Community on Facebook. So, go into the Groups section on Facebook where you can search for different groups and just type in in the search area, Your Life of Impact Podcast Community. So, the idea of it is to join you community of legends from all around the world in a safe sharing platform, sharing helpful tools and strategies, different podcasts, audiobooks, whatever it is you feel you can share to give and gain value. So I'll also be jumping on there sometimes for some live Q&As and sharing some material and having a bit of fun in there. So it's just a bit of a space to allow you guys to connect and learn, share and grow, celebrate each other's triumphs and support each other in challenges and adversities. I'll tell you what it's not a place for. It's not a place for complaining or whinging or pointing out negative aspects of the world or putting people down. There's enough of that stuff on social media, in the news and on TV already. It's just a fun, interactive safe sharing community. So I'd be super grateful if you joined us on that page. There's no expectations at all in regards to you contributing. You can simply be an observer and a learner. Your experience is completely up to you. So check us out on Facebook at Your Life of Impact and join in that community. So at the time of this recording... I'm coming to you from Sweden or Sverigeir as they say it, the beautiful country that I like to call my second home because as many of you would know, my gorgeous fiancée Marie is from Sweden and we've been visiting her beautiful family and friends and beautiful little town of Avdolen. We're super grateful to be enjoying one of the best summers they've had in decades because Sweden is commonly rainy and unpredictable and a bit grey, but this summer there's been so many beautiful and hot days. So we feel blessed too because the winter we spent here at the end of last year and the beginning of this year was the best winter they'd had in over a decade with heaps of snow and great skiing conditions. Anyway, this episode isn't just to tell you how much we love visiting Sweden. This is a short episode about instilling, unpacking, talking about belief. I was recently interviewed on a podcast called The Bevan James Isles Show 
and you'll recognize that name because I had Bevan on a recent episode. He and I actually did an interview swap. So you can hear me interview him on the previous episode to this one. And Bevan stumped me with a question when he interviewed me on his podcast. And he asked, do you get a lot of people saying like, yeah, Brett, you can do that, but I can't. And I went silent. I had to think about that question for a bit. And I responded that, well, no, I haven't directly received that feedback. I'm not sure if people actually think that or not, but I've not really had people say that to me directly. And now reflecting on that question and on my life, maybe I've just dismissed those comments if they have come across me. I don't know. But Bevan jumped in and said, you know, you're very charismatic, passionate, great at what you do. You think about what you can or should do and you create the belief and just do it. But many people think, yeah, but that's just Brett. He can just do that. And then Bevan commented, it can cause a potential resistance in people because they don't necessarily believe they can do that too. So I want to unpack this a bit. Because I'm super grateful that after that episode was released, I also had a client of mine reach out via voice message and let me know, hey, Brett, I noticed you were stumped with that question from Bevan, and I just want to let you know that, yes, it's true. I look at what you do, and I feel like I can't achieve your mindset and your results, and I believe many others would be the same. She mentioned that because I had been an athlete and have a natural disposition towards a sunshiny personality, I'm not an ordinary guy and that I definitely emanate power that what I achieve kind of feels out of reach. Hmm. You know how this makes me feel? It makes me feel proud Because I think back through my life and I start to ask myself questions about how this came to be. This is belief. But I wasn't born with belief. I was born in the country and grew up in the tiny, isolated country town of Cobar. I wasn't handed anything on a silver platter. Our family didn't earn a lot of money. It was enough to provide us kids with a life that we felt we didn't miss out on anything, including some family holidays. But where did the belief come from? So not only was I born in this small country town that didn't provide a lot of sporting and scholar opportunities that city kids and others in greater metropolitan areas were exposed to, I was also bullied and beaten into that much fear as an 11 or 12-year-old kid that I begged my parents to send me away to boarding school. And I didn't tell them why. I told them I felt like boarding school would offer better sporting opportunities than Cobar. And I wanted to be an athlete, either a sprinter or a footballer. That's what I was good at. Reality was the kids who were beating me up some afternoons after school or on the weekends, they were a few years older than me and already in high school. And I was about to enter that high school. And I was shit scared. I haven't actually openly spoken about this much before. I didn't even tell my parents or siblings about it until recent years. 
Actually, I only told my older brother about it this year because he was telling me how guilty he felt that I wanted to go to boarding school because he knew it was because he and I fought a lot. And we did. We were such competitive and nasty brothers when we were young kids. But I assured him that had absolutely nothing to do with it. And I told him the reason why. My brother and I have been best mates for over 10 years now. We grew out of that fighting stage in our early teens. And when we were adults, we grew very close and we still are. But I reflect on those times I was bullied and beaten And I remember how scared I was to attend the local school where those bullies were. But I was also really nervous and sad to go to boarding school. I almost didn't make it through the first couple of weeks because I was so homesick. But I did make it through and I also made some awesome mates there. But guess what? That school ended up being one of the worst bullying schools ever. That boarding school. They had what they called higher former privileges, which meant that anyone in a higher form than you, meaning a higher grade, so they were older, they could tell you what to do and make you do chores for them. They could also take your food, your money and your belief by beating it out of you. I thought I was copying it bad in Cobar from the older kids every now and again, but man, at boarding school, it was full on all the boys in our year copped it bad i lasted two years at that school and then went back to cobar high and i guess by that point i was a bit bigger and the bullies were a bit more mature because i didn't get much of it after that point actually some of them had also left school which probably helped but what rings loud in my ears and the older kids and bullies and i remember it forever is they would call me a love job up yourself and it wasn't until later in life that I realized because I was good at all the sports and often won races competitions etc and ended up in the newspapers and on the news that's what made me a love job I was never cocky but I guess I was confident I was never boasting or spruiking about my performances but I was definitely proud of my achievements I guess that's the difference to growing up in and attending boarding schools in small communities where quote-unquote success or being good at something is an anomaly compared to the city where there's so many kids good at different things so the exposure is less prominent. Anyway, this has really gotten off track. I wasn't planning on speaking about all this bullying when I started pulling the notes together for this episode about belief. But there's many struggles I've had in life, but there's also many amazing opportunities I've been exposed to. But I've also worked hard for many of those opportunities and then worked even harder to turn those opportunities into great aspects of my life that I'm proud of. For non-athletic people to look at athletes and despise them or think what they achieve is out of reach is such a one-dimensional unhelpful perspective i believe to look at an athlete we should learn human behavior traits that allow them to become great what are their eating habits their sleeping habits their exercise habits their focused mindsets their consistency of the fundamental elements that allow them to make incremental improvements in their life and in their sport let's even look at this concept not just with athletes 
Let's replace athletes with musicians, artists, business people, entrepreneurs. It goes without saying that to be great at something, these influential and inspirational people possess traits that we could model to help us improve. Now, don't get me wrong. Not all people are doing great in their chosen fields. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Not all people who are doing great in their chosen fields are doing it holistically and valuing and nourishing their seven key areas of life along the way. But we should be able to draw belief from these people and learn what we can implement into our own lives to become more emotionally resilient and better equipped to handle whatever challenges lie ahead in our chosen areas. There's parts of these people's traits that we can learn from. I've got a really strong memory from when I was almost 18 years old and working at a mining company in Cobar, doing fix-it jobs and offsiding the tradesmen and drillers and things like that. And the boss of the company and all the guys would gather in the yard every Friday afternoon for a few beers, which often led to more than a few. And one afternoon, my boss offered me a beer and I said, no, thanks, mate. I've got my athletics training shortly. So there was a period of time when I had finished school and before I moved to the Australian Institute of Sport to train and study full time. And I was working full time for this mining company to save some money. So I would train before and after work. So I kindly refused the beer and he looked at me and said, huh, just imagine if I said no to beers every Friday afternoon. That's 50 plus Fridays every year. How much healthier would I be? (laughs) I can't remember my exact thoughts in that moment, but it's a comment that has stuck with me forever. And when I think why it has, it comes back to my understanding of choice. Everything we do in life is our choice. Yes, there's some shit things that happen in our life, and I've experienced some of the worst, but it's our choice and how we respond to those situations and those challenges. It's our choice how we think, how we feel, and what actions we take despite those challenges. This is the resonating message of this podcast, as you're aware. But what about choice away from challenges? What about choices you have every day of your life? To how many hours you sleep? What helpful or unhelpful relationships you invest or waste your time in? The choice to eat real food that nourishes your body as opposed to processed, packaged or unhealthy foods that challenge your gut health and your mental health. The choice to not watch the news and the TV dramas that fuel your subconscious to believe there should be drama in your life as opposed to reading, watching or listening to helpful content that you can learn, grow and develop from such as good documentaries, audio books and of course helpful podcasts. The choice to create time in your life to move because we know that movement is medicine. Motion is lotion. And the choice to say no to beers every Friday because you respect your health. So back to Evan's, sorry, Bevan's, back to Bevan's statement on the podcast and the response from my client. I'm grateful I'm now aware that this can be the case, that people might think like this. Because I want to make it really clear to you all that if you truly want something, and I mean 
truly want it, that it resonates with your values, your belief systems and your visions, not other people's, then you will find ways to grow in those areas. You will learn how to make better choices and decisions on a regular basis. You will find your mentors who you can learn from directly or model some of their traits and values that align with you. You will find your communities. You will find your belief. I wasn't born charismatic, passionate, and great at everything I do. I'm not even great at everything I do. Trust me. I have a crack at many things and (laughs) I'm not great. If you followed my Instagram videos last year, you would have seen me trying to learn how to do cross-country skiing for the first time. Wow. To have six-year-old kids making it look so simple made me feel like I was just born onto this planet. But I really wanted to learn how to do it. Marie and her family were all enjoying the beauty of it, including Marie's awesome 64-year-old mum smashing out 20-plus kilometres with ease. I became so determined. I watched some videos of better skiers. I took tips from some local ski coaches in Avdolan where we were living. I watched Marie and her family as they skied past me and around me all the time. And guess what? I proudly, I'm going to say, nailed it. But it wasn't easy. And then the Swedish language... Man, talk about feeling like you're just born again, starting life again. I struggle greatly with it. I can communicate, but to connect at a deeper level, I just have to revert revert back to English with the Swedes. Even the Swedish kids, the very young ones. I think I'm doing all right and I have a bit of a chat to them and then they get all excited and they throw in a few extra words and boom, (laughs) I'm lost again. (laughs) In all honesty, this is probably one of my greatest internal challenges and battles in my life at the moment. I come to a place I love with people I love and a life I'm extremely grateful for and I can't communicate properly. And you know from this podcast how much I love talking to people and learning deeply about their habits, their mindsets, their belief systems and sharing it with other people. It's freaking difficult when I can't speak their language very well and I can't express myself properly. And because they're speaking a second language in English, when I do revert back to that, they also can't express themselves fully. The words and language don't just simply translate word for word. Expression of true self and emotions is very different between languages and cultures. It's challenging. And I haven't fully yet found that deep determination to become fluent in Swedish. Because, I don't know, maybe it's just because we're not simply spending enough time here. But every time I'm here, it gets stronger within me. I'm starting to feel more of that determination. Hence why when we lived here for five months last year, I had a teacher once a week who was an English teacher in school for the Swedish kids, so a Swedish woman, and I said to her, okay, just treat me like the very beginner kids who have no idea at all. And that's where we started. And look, I'm proud of where I'm at. I have to be. I understand the importance of celebrating the small steps and how much pride fuels me. 
but I'm not content with it. There's a huge percentage of growth for me in this area. On a different note, someone asked me about my podcast a while ago and said how cool it was that I can just make a living off something so easy. (laughs) Wow. First of all, the podcast costs me money and I don't make any money from it. It's an expense, but one that I'm willing to outlay because of the impact aspect and my pride to enhance and optimize my grandparents' legacy through the impact and the community aspects. And secondly, it wasn't an easy process to build this out. I knew nothing about interviewing, recording, equipment, technology, podcast hosting platforms, the artwork, logo designs, intro and outros, adding music, all this kind of stuff. I knew nothing. I wasn't born with the belief about being a podcaster because I knew nothing about it. But I developed such a strong curiosity about the power of podcasts that I began to develop the belief and desire that I could also produce a podcast that aligned with mine and Marie's visions, my values and my beliefs. And that determination turned into many hours and early mornings researching and studying and then building out this very podcast. From nothing and no knowledge to now proudly having hundreds of thousands of downloads, but more importantly, genuine feedback from you guys, the listeners, on how impactful this podcast is in your life. But my belief in this podcast is also why I didn't call it the Brett Robbo Show or the Brett Robbo Podcast. I didn't want the perception that this was all about me. It wasn't important to me that I was more Googleable or easier to find because of SEO on the internet. And this was actually some of the advice I received from people when I was deciding on names. And they said to put my name in there, to make it my show, to ensure I was more well-known. So I couldn't see the value in that. But that's why I have it as Your Life of Impact with Brett Robbo. It wasn't about me. I believed... I could be a big part of the puzzle, but not the core reason behind its impact. It's about life. It's about you, listeners, and the value you're getting and implementing into your own lives to tap into your inner excellence and learn, grow, and develop. Actually, another point to anyone struggling to find belief in themselves, firstly, is to work out what you're curious about. I mentioned curiosity there before. Your curiosity is a powerful sign to take you towards fulfillment and greater achievement and happiness in your life. Your curiosities are your guiding lights towards your passions. And remember, when we talk about passions, we have many passions in life, not just one passion that we should try and find. Actually, the whole thing on passion is a whole topic in itself that I'm happy to explore at another time. But tap into your curiosities. For me personally, there's so many other chapters in my life that I haven't been great in. I won't go into detail in this episode, but trust me, I've tried and struggled at some small businesses like vending machines that my brother and I bought into years ago and tried for a few years with soft drinks and lollies so against my values now. 
I've fallen into ruts of lots of partying and not invested into my personal development and growth in my career as well. And I've even neglected my health in those processes, in those times. I've had bosses I've clashed with, friends I've fallen out with, relationships that weren't ideal. And I've had zero vision for the future or clarity about who I am or where I'm heading or why I'm here in those periods of my life. Man, when I reflect on those times in my life, yeah, I was having fun for, for a lot of it. Yes, I was still charismatic and optimistic for big parts of it. But I was so far out of alignment with my true self, so far away from living congruently. Look, I had no idea that those perceptions of life even existed about alignment and congruency. I was actually shocked into scarcity of being a freaking bum and doing nothing with my life one day when I was super hungover and I'd missed out on a job that I applied for and I'd been through the interview process. A job that I should have gotten. (laughs) Even the thought that I should get something is so foreign to my belief and perception of the world now. But that's what I thought at the time. And I just thought, wow, if I've been overlooked for that job, what's the future look like for me? I'm barely surviving with money. I'm making enough to party and enjoy life. But I have no outlook of the future. I thought about my life at that time and I was disgusted in my choices and I was disappointed in part of my reality. I didn't have the full understanding and perception at that time to fully realize all the shit in my life was because of me. But I did understand that I was unhappy with my reality, the reality that I had created. I still love to exercise in that period of time, but that's just part of me. But to understand, practice and believe the holistic approach to life wasn't even on the radar at all. All. Even though I was working with elite sports and elite athletes, I'd never heard of gut health and the gut brain connection. I'd never heard of the seven key areas of life. I'd never heard of emotional health, emotional intelligence, coherence breathing, thought dynamics, acceptance and commitment therapy. I knew nothing about meditation except that you needed to wear an orange robe and shave your head like a monk. <laughs> so naive. So human. Belief in myself. I wasn't born charismatic, optimistic, with elements of resilience, pride, and the sunshiny personality, and with my way of being served to me. I've worked at it and worked for it. And I've made some tough decisions and some stupid decisions. But in the last few years of my life, I've made many aligned choices and decisions. You weren't born with your current way of being. Your reality is a result of your choices. And remember what I mean by this. The choices of how you think, feel and behave The choices of your responses or reactions, 
the choices of your time and knowledge investments, the people you spend time with, the habits you create, everything. If I can make one message clear from this short episode, it's that I fear that you're looking at life from a warped perspective if you compare yourself to me or other people and feel like your vision and your values are out of reach. Look, even even to this day right now, my family and I are dragged through shit because of the so-called justice system as the court case for the murder of my grandparents continues. As my uncle, the murderer, has more rights than you can imagine. And the fight from my amazingly resilient mother continues. But I'll leave it there for this topic. This one will unravel itself in due course when we're legally allowed to speak about it more. But I just wanted to let you know, (laughs) life isn't all green grass, sunshine and meditative states for me. There's plenty of freaking tough challenges thrown my way. But once again, I'm proud of the skills and habits I've learned and implemented in my life to allow me to grow from each challenge and not be dragged down by it. Now, it's an easy thing for me to say, but let's not create doubt in ourselves by believing that our visions or our growth are out of reach. Let's accept the fact that our reality is our choice And we have the ability to make choices and decisions from here on, regardless of the challenges we have and will continue to face. Remember, there's always a community who can support us. There's always a person or a community of people who have had or are having the same challenges. As I said on a previous short episode, Gandhi said it best when he said, be the change you want to see in the world. So be the belief you need to help you move forward in the right direction. You're not on your own. You're not expected to know all the steps, but you're already on the right track by listening to helpful podcasts. Keep learning the steps. Turn your inspiration into action. Recreate the story in your mind that's holding you back from the life that you desire and you deserve. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.